Hello, and welcome to Building Blocks, a Web3 Twitter space turned podcast where we build our knowledge one block at a time. In this episode, we're joined by Dave Baczynski, a professional skateboarder with over a decade of experience in the industry. Dave is known for his technical skate style and has been featured in numerous competitions around the world. He also co-founded the Prince of Puerto Rico, an annual skating competition in Puerto Rico with Manny Santiago. Dave is a passionate advocate for Web3 and the potential it has to revolutionize the way we interact and distribute art online. We'll be chatting with Dave about his experiences as a pro skater, his thoughts on the future of skateboarding, and how he sees Web3 technology playing a role in shaping that future. So whether you're a tech enthusiast, skateboarder, or just someone who loves learning about new and exciting things, this episode is for you. Let's dive in and learn from one of the coolest folks I've had the pleasure of meeting. Without further ado, Dave, hey, thank you. I am so pumped to have you. I love your art. Your vibe is amazing and immaculate and chaotic and weird and authentic. And yeah, so happy to have you. I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I mean, this last year has been so awesome getting out with so many talented, amazing skaters and just taking on a whole new perspective that I appreciate, which is uh, aerial view. And um, yeah, trying to do collaborative videos within the space. So yeah, I'm excited to catch up with you guys. Yeah, you, yeah, you were just right? I was, yeah. I flew down there for four days. I, It's like one of those things where I've never really got to experience a whole get, gathering within like the art scene. And you're just surrounded by the most creative people. It's like the best thing you could ever do, you know? I mean, between developers and, you know, all the artwork, it's so awesome to just be around that kind of culture. And everyone's doing so many different things. I mean, the amount of events, I couldn't keep up. Like, they were overlapping. I, sh I think everyone, there's like the main island and then, or the mainland and then the island. And everyone was just on the bridge for traffic. It's like four miles and an hour and a half drive to get there but um it was awesome i mean i got to meet some of my favorite generative artists um that's a huge thing that i love collecting um cypher from fx hash um he was the creator of it got to meet him and then they had a whole tezos event so it was awesome i kind of just jumped from party to party and yeah kicked around it was it's we we got lucky too it was beautiful down there what's the vibe like is it kind of been completely taken over by like crypto web three type people or is it like its own kind of thing within art basil is the whole crypto scene i think it's more like a 50 50 i kind of i went to scope and super chief um basically hosted i think it was 10 people and monolith gallery participated in that um, that was right on the beachfront. And for that, it was a giant, giant warehouse. And um, that was mostly kind of traditional art. So I think like NFTs are still playing a big role within this community. But traditional art was definitely like the main forefront on most of it. Um, the smaller events that were popping off, pop like throughout Miami, everyone was, it, everyone was packed. So the whole space getting together, like it was really cool to see. I wish I saw last year 
because it's still early days. But um, I mean, I think in the traditional sense, you see a little bit of everything. But NFTs are going to play that role. It's it's definitely on its way in. Nice. No, I, I as I know, it's it's been a big art event. It's been around forever, so it's been interesting to see how. Yeah, the the Web three scene has kind of in many ways kind of invaded it right and and turned it into a bit of its own thing and yeah it just seemed like a amazing pe- way to get together and meet these people that you've uh seen online but never interacted with in real life so good on you for getting out there it's really fun yeah i mean just people being doxxed and you don't know or you know those people now but like just through a icon or just meeting that person that's like within that community like I'm seeing people with dead fellows and like that whole crew like is so awesome. And just being able to see the art, like I bought into um, Thank You X and his state of the art project was unbelievable. And he held up, you know, these giant canvases like 14 by 16 feet. And it was awesome to see my little like square that I bought within that project hanging on display and being that huge, you know, Um, and kind of getting that one-on-one, you know? So it was really awesome to just kind of like, cross-mingle with everyone but the amount of creativity within one area it's just unreal it's it, i'm excited for the future and going to all these kind of events well i mean let's get into it i mean we're here we got some nice friends in the audience so thank you everyone for coming why don't we uh, learn a little bit about how you broke into this industry and uh you know what uh, what being in crypto has meant for you yeah, um, it's been kind of a journey, you know. Um, I got in relatively early um, with the luck of just following the guidance, like, between friends, traveling with skateboarding. Um, my good friend Greg Letzka, he invests a ton, and he taught me about Robin Hood way back when. And just being able to understand that and just investing, um, I kind of went down the rabbit hole, and there was this guy named Andre Jick, and he kind of introduced the whole crypto side right around 2020 or maybe it was like 2019 and uh ethereum price was around like i mean 350 bucks uh bitcoin was like a thousand so i was like all right what's this all about like i want to look into it and i started listening to kevin rose doing modern finance and i just went deep into the whole financial sector i was like i just got to put some money in this and when the pandemic hit everything just like kicked up you know so that really changed my outlook on like, okay, what do these do? You know, like understanding Ethereum and all that. But I didn't really pay attention to the NFT side of things. Like I listened to every episode Kevin Rose ever put out, but I kind of steered clear on like just keeping it to crypto. And uh, it took me a while to really like figure it out. But the two friends, um, Bad Teeth and my other friend, Thomas Venter, they both skate. I was like, they're buying in all these NFT projects. What is this all about? And uh, I ended up buying in the strawberries. And I think that had to do with some, it was like a little PFP. It was kind of cool. Like they kind of made like a little Game Boy classic. Your avatar would be part of this like Game Boy game, um, which was pretty cool. I think it did relatively, uh, it sold out. So they did pretty damn good. I think there was like 9,000 of them. Um, but that was my first entrance. I followed the ways of what friends told me. And um I was like, okay, yeah, I'm part of this thing. And I really didn't fully get it. And a couple of days later, um, it was Long Neck Nellie's. Uh, it was a 12-year-old girl. 
and she made, I think it was 333 women, all different cartoon characters with different um, colors and long necks. And I was like, the friends were buying into it. And I was like, you know what? This seems interesting. Like it's a 12 year old girl. Let's support like, and I bought into it. And um, that was like the first that the one that really caught me that I was like, I felt like I participated in. And um, I ended up holding it for a couple of days. And I was like, I don't know, like, maybe I should put it up to see if anyone is interested. And uh, it ended up selling that night when I woke up, I was like, I had money in my account. I was like, Oh, my God, like, this is world traded. And it kind of clicked to me that it's kind of this ecosystem that you could lose out in or you could really participate in um, or make gains, you know, which is great. But kind of opened up my idea of, okay, I want to make something within this space too. And it took me a long time. Um, I ended up going, I stumbled into Tezos and that's really when I got into collecting because it was just all underground. Like ETH was $4,500 and that's really expensive, you know, for buying something of a transaction that costs $32 just to, you know, be part of that community was a lot. So Tezos was like the underground goodness. And I was just, I was searching all the hashtags, like hand was up and uh, you, I just went down the rabbit hole because you could find your favorite artist or something that you like through a hashtag and then see what was in their wallet. So I ended up collecting a ton through that and uh, NFT biker basically made this like um, it's, it's a website you go in and you copy all the addresses that you want to follow and you post it, you put them into the little box and you, you know, you hit sales and you can see, or you basically can see all the new artwork from those artists. So every day I grab my coffee and it's the best way you could ever start your day is seeing your new favorite artist. What is new within all those artists or within that collection of wallets that you submitted. So it was really cool to kind of like not have an algorithm, but you could see what people were doing. And uh, that really kept me collecting. And I ended up, yeah, it's it's been over a year. And I've, I think I'm about to hit a thousand pieces collected. So yeah, it's been awesome. Holy crap, a thousand. Okay, I want to <laughs> yeah. play a game with you really quickly. Let's guess the floor on Strawberry What the Fuck in ETH. What oh, do you think man. the floor is? A year is? ago? Oh, nope, man. right now. Um, what do you think the floor is right, right now? <laughs> I probably paid like 0. 0.15 too. Um, what? Uh, let's say 0. 0.1. A 0. 0.005. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about $4,500 ETH again, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some tax loss uh, harvesting going oh, on. Oh, sure. most certainly. I have to put so many things on the chopping block. I just haven't yet, but so it goes. This is yeah, part of the game. It was so awesome to participate in that kind of thing because, like, it was all new to me, you know? And, like, buying your first NFT, I'm like, I'm not selling that. Like, I'm keeping that forever, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I have been feeling that way about And for the record, everyone, I do have two pieces by Dave. I am effectively shilling my bags here <laughs> by hosting him <laughs> with Forrest. Uh, and actually, you know what? If people want to request up, normally we, we would do this more of a, a long-form interview style, but I, I'm open to trying something new, bringing people up and see see where we go. We do have some questions we want to get to, but if y'all want to jump in, by all means, please I do. I love that. Yeah, thanks everyone for showing up. It's awesome to see a little gathering here. Yeah, so I mean, we could let some people up, hang out, get the whole crew going, have a little space escapes hang almost 
What about skating though? You know, like what is, uh, how long you been doing that and what's your kind of origin story? Cause I, I've loved skateboarding all my life. I think it's the coolest thing. My favorite dreams are the ones where I'm skateboarding because I don't get hurt and I just like shred it. I'm super gnarly. I could do that like crazy grind you're doing down at 10 or 12 stair or whatever it is there. And it's like easy peasy. Real life, not as good. Broken a couple bones, not as fun. Kind of getting too old to be breaking bones right now, it feels like. So I'm not doing it very often. But uh, but yeah, like what, what's that kind of story over there? Dude, I love that. It's so funny, like even having a dream. And I, I've been skating for years, but you end up, you know, skating. You have, you know, you could be skating regular and then you're skating goofy and you feel like this that motion and it feels so fluid. And you wake up and you're like, I can't do anything of that. Like, I wish I could figure that out. <laughs> um, I've been skating since I was, uh, I got a board when I was two. And then my uncles, I ended up, uh, my parents ended up getting a divorce. And uh, I ended up going up to Massachusetts. That's where my mom's family was from. And both my uncles, um, full skateboarders, Uncle uh, Steve, he owns a skate snowboard surf shop up in um Northampton, New Hampshire. And uh, we had a mini ramp in the backyard. So I really started to skate when I was about six years old. Um, of course, all the other traditional sports, I was just gung ho on and I kind of lost the sense of skating and kind of did everything. And then it really ended up like kicking in when I was like 13. Back in 99, they built four skate parks in Lowell, Massachusetts. And that's where like I met my best friends and I really learned how to skate. Like the friend, I remember trying to like ollie on this, you know, half a foot high box and I couldn't do it. It was just like trying over and over and over. And of course, like in New England, it's hard. Like you get like the winters, so it's seasonal. Never mind back and we're basically in the middle of nowhere where the ramps are wooden. So like I remember like dropping in as a kid on the biggest ramp and it's birch and I just have all these splinters going up my hip because it's not a concrete perfect park like everywhere else in the world nowadays. But um, rugged ground and just like, yeah, learning the ways when I was like 13 was really like when I got to meet like my best friends and just get back roads and skate and find all the new spots throughout um, Will, Massachusetts. That's where I like grew up really skating. So, yeah, it was fun, but it definitely put me in like a realm of like, okay, these, this is my crew, you know, like skating just took off from there. Every night we go night skating, film. And um, yeah, that, that's really where it, everything began. I'm digging up my uh, my skateboarding injury that I got about four oh, weeks no. after I started pulling up x-rays and making sure my name and birthday aren't on them, but I will post them in a second. <laughs> yeah, getting hurt never. I mean, the older, now that I'm like in my 30s, definitely on the recovery side of things, like it's just you got to kind of work off of what you know and that's the coolest thing about skateboarding like anyone that steps on a board is learning i've been doing this for 30 you know 30 years let's say and every time i'm learning something new so like just as a beginner you step on it you really start to develop like your kind of like your um style your trick selection and like you're constantly building off of something and going out in the streets you just find all those new ways to skate all these different kind of obstacles so it kind of keeps you bound um, but yeah, just for me, like learning to kickflip was the hardest thing, you know, 
try it over and over for like four days straight. And then all of a sudden a friend says, just stand over the board, like jump over it. And you, I landed the next one. So it's like little guidance and just having that hype of friends. You just, yeah, you, you get the best of both worlds, you know, learning something new and just having that crew. All right. So, so I've pinned my x-rays up to the top. Uh, oh, I was, I was skateboarding for, I, sh- I shit you not four weeks. Uh, I was longboard. No, I had a real skateboard then. I have left the real skateboard behind at this point. Uh, and I was coming down this hill and I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen to you, Mackie? You're going to hit this speed bump. Maybe you get a little bit of air. It'll be great. You're going to have a, it's going to be amazing. And I am coming down this small hill. I slow down a little bit and I'm like literally t- saying to myself in my head, don't be a chicken. Don't be a chicken. Don't be a chicken. Don't be a chicken. And I hit the speed bump and I fall off the board and I skid across the ground and I'm like, look, no big deal. And then I stand up. And literally, oh, if you look at the first x-ray, the, the head of my, I don't know, the smaller bone in my calf is broken off. <laughs> it is. It, it was not a fun recovery. Uh, but I will say that I had been afraid of breaking a bone like this my entire life. I had been so scared. And after it happened, it wasn't that big of a deal. I, I had insurance, luckily. Uh, I didn't have to, you know, escape the ambulance uh, I, I did consider that, but then I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have, I, I was like, I cannot drive myself. There is no way here. Uh, but the thing that I learned from skating is that like, it's okay to get hurt. It sometimes to make yourself better, you have to do a little damage. It's yeah. It's unreal when you start battling out a trick. I think everyone that stepped on a board has felt that like, especially just as a kid, you kind of got to go for it. And like the older I get, I work off of what I know, you know, but was that your tibia or fibia? Like that was your foot, right? Or not your hand? Uh, that is my tibia slash fibia. Yeah, You're, if you look oh, at the, the pinkreet, I've got a bunch of bolts in there now. It was hurting last night a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I've got like ninety percent of the flexibility that I used to have. It's fine. It's not swollen anymore. They, uh, I had, I actually have this stick and poke tattoo around my ankle of teeth, and and they cut the, uh, they cut the incision right between the teeth so it actually looks pretty badass that's definitely a hefty one for sure i mean luckily i haven't broken any bones i'm always just trying to steer clear (laughs) but i've definitely been taken out you know like the amount of battles where i can't you know move and i'm taking an ice bath and just full recovery for three days like it's it's rough man skateboarding will whoop you and uh yeah, I mean, going down like you did, Phelps on Dolores, that's all I can picture. Just hill bombing, just sliding. It's the oh, it was it's so a rough dumb. one for sure. <laughs> I practiced falling a lot after I got uh, back up on a board. But yeah, now I don't have health insurance, so you will not see me on a skateboard anytime soon. Mr. Cat, lay it on me. I think Parth had his hand up first. All right, Partha, go nuts. Hi, bro. Hi, Mackie. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kat. Thanks for giving the words really first. So, like, uh, we were talking about all this. I don't know about, like, skateboarding so much, but uh, I just remember something from the line just Mackie said, that, uh, like, you have to get hurt, like, to learn something. Uh, I just hopped into the space. I was just grinding uh, in the Twitter and just saw the space, so I jumped in. It's uh, like the topic was the grinding in Web3. So 
here's my part like uh, i want to share my story is it fine with you guys yeah as long as you don't shill too hard uh, the topic is just, it's really about skateboarding grinding but yeah you're welcome oh my god i i just jumped into space <laughs> i didn't know uh, it was like uh, some other conversations going on oh i'm sorry yeah we're <laughs> trying something new today it's all good appreciate you coming up though if you if you want to chime in go for it uh okay like uh, sorry to uh, deviate from the topic from your topic guys but uh, they, uh, i just want to share my story that basically i am a like medical student right now i'm studying mbbs and i just i just took uh, like i was in crypto and nfts from the like past 1.5 years i was too interested in this stuff and uh, for once like i uh, in india there's no much like not so much craze about these web3 and all that so i just took the courage to ask my parents to have give give me some money to buy some nfts and all and suddenly uh, sadly all my account was hacked and i took around like uh, 30000 dollars from my parents and it all just vanished off it was it was just in august it was 11th of august this year and i was like shit what j- just happened like i was like i was crying and just my parents came to me i know what happened what happened and i was like this happened <laughs> and they were shocked at once but i i thought that they will scold me and all for this because they they were they were not interested in me they just give me because i was so like so hyped up about it i am i was convincing them from for many time so like they gave me money but they just they didn't scold me and they just supported me in the kids fine you should just leave the leave the space and just work on something else work on your studies and all do your medical uh, attend your medical school first so i was like okay for the first time but somewhere in my heart i realized ki no yaar i just made my connections here i have my friends here but uh, okay my account was hacked but but i learned something now i'm not going to make this mistake again right right now i don't have like that kind of money right now i don't have like i have like around maximum 1000 dollars right now in my wallet i don't have any like major nfts now but i have many connections i'm grinding in the web3 part i'm making friends everywhere and like i'm proud of it that i have not backed back from the space yeah that's there we go i couldn't unmute for a second for some reason that's what i've been doing too uh I, you know I didn't get hacked and I'm so sorry that you got hacked that that I you know that date by heart because I'm sure it was brutal uh but yeah uh I do not have an income anymore so you won't see me buying many NFTs anymore <laughs> so I get it I totally get Bro, it Bro I have none I just make. yes I just bought KPR at 0.6 Ethereum floor price and right now it's down so I was like crying the details what just happened for me yeah, <laughs> so my yeah. god how it goes unfortunately cat lay it on us yeah uh getting back to the topic of skateboarding i used to skateboard quite a bit when i was younger and it always seemed like i'd get pretty decent have a major spill and then afterwards like there's this hesitancy to try again and it's different than like other hesitancies where like normally you're like oh maybe I'll fail and like you're kind of reserved about it but with skateboarding i found that like if that's lingering in the back of your head no you will fail so i was wondering like dave how do you turn that off and get back into like i'm going to crush it if like last week you were peeing blood 
Dude, it is so true how hard it is to really get to a mental state to like get past that. You know, like I've, I, I even go into Art Basel, I'm like five days and not skating. I felt it in my legs this morning. I went to the skate park early and I just went for a coffee cruise and my legs were just like, oh, like I got to rebuild everything. And I think like really what it is, is working off of what you know, like I said earlier, but it's like getting those like little things going back again, like that regular like routine and that repetition of having like what you feel is fun. Like I go to the skate park and skate a hip and then there's a quarter pipe after like the quick one twos are always the best. And I think that's like your real best case is to just work off of what you know that gets you hyped, you know, because it's like that kind of stuff. It, it definitely um, you kind of. Yeah, like when you when your foot folds or anything like that you're like oh is it gonna happen again and i think that's like the real like recovery you got to deal with that for three weeks and then you step back on your board and you're like am i gonna be able to skate again and i think it's just those baby steps of like keeping that hype you know like that's the real deal of like rebuilding mentally is just keeping that hype of like the little things that get you hyped because then you're like back at it and you're like, you know what, I'm, uh, you're already in a forward position where you're, you're hyped up, you know? Um, I don't know if there's a way to really get by it, but that's my little one too on what I would do. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm never going back to it other than like, I bought a board and I kind of like poke around on it, but you won't see me hitting rails anymore. Oh dude. I've been, you know what? That's another thing. I, I, we're talking about all the craziest stuff between getting hurt and getting sacked on a rail. I've never gotten sacked on a rail and I've got to find a piece of wood in this house to knock because <laughs> we're talking about all the wildest shit, but yeah, man, like rails, you got to work your way up. Like, yeah, I've kind of just, you, you go through these transitions in skateboarding of like things that you like to skate and like you lose the others. Like if you don't skate stairs for a bit, you're, you're going to feel that on your legs. You know, if you don't skate rails, you're going to get more intimidated the more you don't skate them. So it's just like what you want to do is just, I try to skate a little bit of everything, but stay consistent and feel like you have that control on your board, you know? Well, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you speak and, you know, hearing about how you do like a little bit of street skating, it sounds like, and, and you skate in the park, you know, you like to mix it up. And I'm wondering if like that fuels your creative energy or, you know where do you feel that energy is coming from because obviously you got to stay fresh when you're skating these different types of uh terrains i guess you could say which uh kind of sounds corny and lame but uh but yeah like where do you feel that your creative energy is coming from i think like i don't know it, it kind of transitions throughout the years you know what i mean because as a kid you always try to like one-up yourself on the next thing and for me, like I've skated for, you know, 30 years. So I'm constantly in this like path of, I want to learn something new. So it's kind of transitioned to a technical side of things. So my forte is like waking up and just slash grinding on like a quarter pipe. It's the funnest damn thing. If I can hear like, you know, um, pool coping, like the sound of a slash grind, I, I did something today, you know? Um, so I think it really comes to, I love to skate a little bit of everything but it kind of has gone to learning the technical side of things like flip in, flip out. Um, but I mean, just being out in the streets, it's kind of whatever aligns. Um, my real thing is searching out spots that have never been skated. So I like to travel to places like China, 
and um, overseas just to kind of like hit that kind of new, there's so many different places that have never been touched, you know? So it's really the side of documenting or like a documentary style or something that I can enjoy like cruising away from um, like ditch spots and water canals. And you have all these different kind of transitions and like these little like unique pockets that you can hit at like a ditch spot. I think that's the fun thing for me is anything I can bomb away from. Um, but yeah, it's just, you go through these phases in life of what you like. And I've definitely skated street my whole life, like rails, gaps, everything. And once you hit 30, you're jumping above, you know, I think I battled out like a 13 flat 13. Like, I don't know if my body would, uh, withstand that impact at this point. Like I'd really have to work on, like I said, the repetition of getting into that kind of stuff, but it's definitely a technical side of things is my forte right now. <laughs> I, uh, before I go to Sharia, I really want to ask you about Narsdow. It, it seems like you, maybe not you exactly, Dave, but, but I know Tom and the crowd's part of it. Uh, there's somebody who was trying to come up earlier who's gone now. Do, can you tell me about Narsdow at all? I know it's a part of Nounsdow. It's uh, like actually voted and approved by the Nounsdow to fill in the blank for me, please. <laughs> Gammy. Oh, Gammy, I think his name is. You oh, yeah, about... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Gammy came up. But what's the goal for Narsdow? It's really amazing what they're doing. Um, I ended up walking in there because I, uh, I, I got, I caught wind of, um, Pinder Van Armen and I was searching through his collection and they had the nouns through his AI, um, generative art. And I was like, damn, nouns are just so expensive. Like it just kind of blew me away and I kind of started reading into it and I found out that there was all these different bubbles of these cross DAOs that they were off of a stem off of nouns. And NARS is basically facilitating, I forget the number that he bought, but it was the one with the skateboard. And it's really awesome because he's bringing everyone together and he is trying to facilitate the next gener this generation to be able to travel and skate or snowboard or rock climb, any kind of outdoor sport to get to that event and intertwine what Nouns is doing and NARS. So it's really cool because you have all these amazing talented people coming together and um he ended up pitching to nouns um i think it was points what 69 eth and it got funded and he got for, all this for the backing. culture for the culture. yes for the culture <laughs> and yeah he brought he basically um i went in the discord and reached out and he's trying to build the biggest web3 opportunity that's in a digital fashion so like red bull would be you know basically helping skaters and everyone get to these events and he's doing it in a digital fashion. It's really awesome what NARS is doing. Oh, that's super rad. Ah, oh, man. I, I really love this weird line of, of extreme sports quote unquote in web three. Uh, the, the combination of the two is just really satisfying to me. And I've got a guess for Forrest too, but uh, Sharia, you've had your hand up for a while. Lay it on us. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. First of all, I wanted to tell you, like, you were discussing the bone, right? You got a fibula fractured. Ah, uh, thank you. I, I saw you were know, a doctor. So that's my fibula, yeah, yeah, the, exactly. the smaller one. Why. Yeah, like, I, I, I have completed my, uh, uh, like, internship. I'm a general practitioner, technically, right now, without any specialty. But, yeah, I can still tell you. <laughs> How many bones in your body? 206, right? 
204, I guess. Ah, oh, well, maybe I have two extra. You were very close. <laughs> so, like, uh, you were talking about skateboarding. Uh, I uh, Like, in India, we don't do a lot of skateboarding, but I, I have done it. Like, I tried to do it. Obviously, not at all close to you guys, probably. But I had been skating, like, on roller skates and stuff. So, I would like to uh, share with you one problem once I faced. Like, I used to race, proper racing. I used to represent my district, like, in the state championships, I won, uh, like, for, for this year, for example. Like, I won in, when I was back in 8th. And the next year, what happened, there was a lot of hype among my school friends. Like, he's going to get another gold for our school. And I was like, okay. And then you won't believe what happened. In the final lap, a person in front of me, he fell down. And then I literally tipped over him and I had a very bad fall. I broke my leg. And after that, it took me at least two years to get on to the state, like, skates back. I was not able to even, you know, dream of getting back. Because... I was literally down for around three months. I was so shattered, like mentally, I was totally drained. I, I, I was like, I'll never skate in my life because it left such a black hole. But then after that, after three years, I started skating again very slowly. Like I used to literally start doing it inside my house. I was like a lot, hell lot scared. Like I, I stopped racing definitely. That was the time when I started going on the skateboard and stuff. Then I started doing freestyle. I never, you know, went in for any formal race. But yeah, it took me a lot of time. But then after that, uh, what I feel is now, if any problem comes to my way, then I remember that it's just a matter of time. Because once you overcome such a problem in life, I think like with you, it must have happened now. The second time if it happens, uh, it won't bother you so much. The first time is definitely very hard. I think that there's, uh, it's the anticipation of it, right? in the unknown that really really gets to you more than exactly i mean exactly. the damage certainly hurts but but the, the the mental block of all that can be really really devastating especially after and your first time like I, that i'll tell you one more thing the damage is good good only if you are young like once like right now i'm 24 so 24 25 now i cannot dream of getting injured it'll take a lot of time but back then i was 10 12 13 14 we heal very soon you know so that is still a good thing. But right now, even I would not recommend anybody to, you know, just think that nothing will happen. You try it again. You 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 need to think now because you you have that age. Oh, I'm at that age. Uh, that break was two years ago and I'm I'm in my 30s now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Don't hats yeah. off to you. Yeah, come on. You you have a lot of strength mentally then definitely way more than me. I would not take that risk <laughs> in my 30s. Never ever. I, I, it was COVID. Um, I actually lost my mom earlier than in the year that year, and I was looking for you know some kind of new outlet. I had always wanted to skate, and I had been afraid of it for so long, and I was just like, "Screw it, let's try something new. Let's try something dumb for once in my life." And and you know, it, it, four weeks later, there we were in the hospital. <laughs> so, gold I'm really cheese. Sorry for your loss. It's but okay. like it's, it's part you of life. need some you need some escape at this point of time like when such a thing happens and it's good you found your escape I most certainly did yoga helped too but uh thank you for for coming up and talking about that I god I love spaces because we can get stories told to us from around the world all the time it's got to be so late for you right now but thank you for coming It's 3 a.m. in the morning and I was thinking oh. like I have to sit with the consultant <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to say go to bed, but you can do whatever you want. You're an adult. <laughs> That's so yeah, awesome. definitely. I have got six hours to sleep. Probably good for me. Uh, Dave, uh, coming back to you. Forrest, go ahead. Take it away. 
Yeah, no, you know, so I think it's really incredible because you've built a huge following on Instagram. I think you've uh, amassed 120,000 followers over there. And now you've come into to Twitter. Obviously, you can't not be on Twitter if you want to do anything in or around NFTs or you just want to learn, invest, like you got to be here, right? So I was wondering, you know, what that kind of transition was like for you coming to Twitter and, you know, building up your following here. How's it been more challenging and, and uh, you know, what have you been doing differently? It's definitely a whole different scenario. That's for damn sure. I think like a lot of people that are entering the space, they don't understand when they have to have a reset. Um, yeah, you will have your big influencer, you know, that gets the marketing and stuff like that. But I think for the regular case of 99% of us, it's really hard to adapt to a whole new space, especially with, I think, really figuring out the algorithm, everything like that. Um, Instagram and skateboarding, it's just, it goes hand in hand. You're uploading all these videos daily and to have that financial connection to something, it just doesn't equate to almost everyone that I know. They're like, I don't understand it. You know, the whole side of NFTs and having like this supply and demand factor. Um, it's just beyond most of those people's minds. They just don't, it doesn't under, it doesn't make sense. So I think really like the Instagram side of things is it's going to take a long time for that kind of development. It was cool to see like Drift's um, piece that just came out. And I thought it was really cool. I mean, it instantly sold out and he has beautiful work and the following his stories and everything. I mean, it should go that way, but it got me thinking like I click it and there's no marketplace and I'm trying to figure out how to buy, you know, on secondary. And it took me like 40 minutes to figure out and I've been in the space for so long. So I think they're really trying to bring it in slowly and they're going to do it right. But there's just so many people and it's really early times. Like you think about Reddit, I think it was 1.5 billion users and Instagram is 2 billion. So when that actually you know, crosses over and we have all these new people in the space, that's going to be a huge deal um, because of how the content is run. You know, like people will be creating all these kind of collections over time and it'll be really cool to see it pan out. But right now we're early days. Like I think there's, you know, a million wallets or there's, I don't know the numbers. I'm not going to spit out anything, but it's very early. So it's cool to be, you know, part of it. And for me, I ended up going on Twitter and that's where I've kind of found out about the space, you know, listening to all the different podcasts. And I logged into Twitter and sure enough, someone hacked my account and was posting wrestling photos. So I logged in and I was just, oh, wow, like, all right, like this is a whole new world. So I ended up deleting all the photos, which I'm, I'm kind of bummed out. I should have left the last one, like the first post. So if you ever went all the way to the top, there was a wrestling photo. Um, but yeah, like for me, it was like, I don't know, I'm dealing with this algorithm and putting together a whole project. I kind of just steered clear and tried not to think about it. I collect who I want to collect and I follow those artists. Like 90% of my following is probably um, generative artists. Um, So for me, it's just kind of like I want to go about it and just carry on with what I'm doing and try to do the best I can with all my outlets. I have newsletters, I have Discord I'm kind of navigating it in all these different directions and I'm not even really on TikTok, but I'm putting all these videos out 
And just every time I do do an auction, there's about 16 different things of post. You said do do. Just have to <laughs> call it out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, it's like there's a lot to do in the space to get a project out there. <laughs> it's it's real. And you've been doing the work. Uh, I'm, one, disappointed that uh, you aren't into wrestling or were were so not into wrestling that you let the hackers or you you made sure to clean out the hackers my instagram got hacked a long time ago my personal one and it it was hacked by somebody who may or may not have been a russian sex worker uh my friends were really confused for a while um, and i was like i haven't been on instagram in like two years and like yeah sure you haven't mackie uh but i want to i want to actually finally move on to roll forever because we haven't even talked about of the art you're doing and, and you know you keep mentioning the generative artists like tyler hobbs is a collector and and i saw when i saw the people that i was seeing collect them i was like okay my gut reaction to these infinite looping skateboard bird's eye view shots is correct it is backed up by people who who are you know who i admire in the space people like the cxo from from ledger ian and it's just wild to me wild to me it's f dot's a big fan like it and i i know that i saw i think i saw f dot say this the other day and i immediately thought of you he's like he's like if you want to know who's next like check out your artist or your favorite artist's favorite artist and i was like ah yes yes because artists are the ones who are on the cutting edge they're the ones who are talking to these people every day like supporting one another and, and helping each other you know iterate and build new stuff and, and the whole generative side of of your work I know it's not generative, but it has, it's related to it somehow. Somehow it's adjacent to it. And I think it has to do with, you know, the different bulls, the different skaters, uh, the, the general theme of the infinite loop, the bird's eye view. It's, it's very interesting to me. So can you do just a, just a rundown? I, I tweeted or pinned a, a video earlier, the one that you have pinned with the drone footage starting off. And it's just very fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate it a ton. Like, I was with FDOT over this weekend, and we had so much fun. There's just so many amazing creative people in the space, like I said, and just going to, like, Transcent Labs, like, there was a party, and I was talking to them, I'm like, your innovations of what you're doing within technology is just unbelievable. And um, it ended up being Ben Strauss. I was talking to him and I didn't realize it was him, but I, he said he was the founder of it. And I was kind of telling him, like, I love their podcast every Friday. Like, wouldn't it be cool? You kind of pitch an idea and you have a minute to do it. Like, they're just always innovative. And it was really awesome because I was telling him, like, I want to do these pools where let's just say you film a line during the day. And then at nighttime, we film the same line in your browser setting it clicks over to dusk when it's 6 p.m. and this bowl changes from dark to night. And like, I want to implement all these unique kind of future options. So when it's displayed on your wall, it it has like this unique story to it and it's just constantly changing. Um, but let me take it back a second. I was just kind of jumping into everything. I mean, oh no, I'm ADD. <laughs> so I'm like right here with you. I'm thinking about <laughs> Animal Crossing right now. I'm thinking about all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's so many cool people within this space. So yeah, it was really fun to get down to Miami. But getting this project going, um, basically what happened when the pandemic hit, 
all I we ended up going back to Massachusetts, my wife and I, and a lot of my friends, they're about my age, but they all have regular jobs. Um, I'm with my family. I don't want to, you know, give this to any of my grandparents, anything like that. So I was kind of steering clear and filmers were pretty desolate. So for me, I had a drone and I'd go to the skate park and find these like unique views and always being on Instagram. I was like, okay, I, you know, would film stuff for the story and find these, you know, certain kind of patterns within the skate park. And I'd just be posting them up and I was filming for a long time, just that kind of stuff. But when I started to figure out NFTs, I was like, I went camping and I really wanted to come up with a concept. And we were doing a lot of morning missions to all these skate, park, skate parks in Southern California. And they have the gnarliest transition. Like everyone's a bowl skater down here. So it was kind of cool how it worked out once the pandemic stopped. We moved out to San Diego. And that's where I really started this project was kind of coming up with the concept like if I skated a bowl could I make it loop and uh I tried for so long I ended up filming like three bowls and I was like oh if I drop in here and then I get out of this tile I should be able to do something and it's actually a lot harder than I thought because you have to make that crossfade seamless so you have to roll over the exact last spot where you first started and that is probably not going to line up. So you need to mimic that line two times in a row. And that's how it is crossfaded at a certain point that you are right on your first line and the second line of that trajectory. So it was kind of crazy to me trying to figure that out. And Steve Cab, um, he ended up carving this bowl in Alga Norte. It's just in Carlsbad, California. And he went over the love seat, like the cake. And when he was carving, it was he was so tight niched that he really he was in the same position that that was like a perfect crossfade moment. Um, so that was the first one to loop. And once I did that, it was like it's game. Like I want to film all these different unique pool shapes. And I think it's really like when I when I talk to any skater, go do this line is for you. You do whatever you want. If you want to flow, like. I'm bringing the best best skaters that are this generation and of the history of skateboarding. That's like my real concept is like let's have the ones that have paved the path involved in this, but also the best of this generation. So it's kind of cool like getting these street skaters involved that are so out of their element. Like Chris Jocelyn just dropped his, and he's the gnarliest best skater of like, I mean, years and years of the best heaviest skating like backside 360 kick flipping down 13 stairs like the best overall at that kind of jumping and you know all that kind of stuff with stairs but to get him in a bowl was the raddest thing because he's so out of his element so I love those kind of things of like bringing people that usually skate street and get them in there so there's a very diverse crew within this collection and I think that's what kind of makes it is you have all these different landscapes and pools and the shadow play. So, yeah. Cat, I am so happy you're here too uh, because I collected a bunch of cats collages and Cat did a hundred piece release. And I know Dave, you're talking about doing a hundred piece release. Cat, you talk to Dave. I'm happy to connect you to this makes me, this is the stuff that satisfies me the most, I think in this space. I love that. Well, I was going to mention to Dave that, when I first saw NBA Top Shot, 
and you know these card trading packs where there's like you know 40 or 50 cards but you get five in a pack and you click and you open the pack and then like you see like oh that's that guy shooting a basketball on a hoop oh that's that guy dribbling all i could think was man why aren't they doing this with skateboarding because you know i grew up watching skate videos and skate videos have this very short spastic like clip after clip after clip grind to them that seems like it would translate perfect into the digital trading card world where like you're a pro skater or even an amateur but you you know make your video reel and it's one minute long and it's 30 tricks you could have 30 cards and you could be in part of a card collection that is your crew like this is the element cruise drop and throw those 30 cards of yours in with 10 other skateboarders. You got a 300 card deck and you could have packs that are five or 10 cards a pop, sell them fairly cheap. And at the same time, like people would collect those. I would collect those. Um, That seems like a very good blend too, when you're talking about transient labs and building new things in the space, uh, like they'd probably be on board to be setting up card packs. I mean, I can't speak for them because I don't know the guys there that well. I've only met them once, but I'm just throwing that out there as I have wanted skateboarding card packs. You're a skateboarder who's making NFTs. Can you please make skateboarding card packs? Dude, that would be so awesome. I'm actually in the talks with uh, ABD collectibles already been done Um, collectibles, which is so awesome because you have these amazing skateboarders like Mike Moe, Tori Pudwell, and they're taking their old parts and they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're, they're making mystery packs. Um, it's really cool to see them step foot in this kind of eco space, but I do wish it was a little more decentralized. Um, it's on flow, but they're nailing it. Like you definitely have to check it out. I think that's like the coolest thing is really like getting skaters involved is a huge part of mine. And uh, I see Jay down there and me and him have been talking where we're trying to facilitate building this bigger image overall and helping board brands get on board the community that really supports the skater and the skater and everyone's winning. So there'll be definitely in the future a lot to talk about with that. But um, getting skating involved, like I think it's it's going to be huge. And I mean, the amount of stuff that comes out some of it is just so like next level like i reach out to skaters sometimes i'm like hey like can i buy this and they really don't understand and it takes them a while to grasp the concept of web3 so i think we have a lot to do with onboarding but um the future it's looking good it's looking real good (laughs) well i just want to emphasize that the skateboarding skate video is perfect for the nft that has a file size limit and at the same time, turning video content into collectible footage. Like, there's so much synergy there. It makes so much sense. I didn't realize it was finally happening on Flow. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, Top Shot's on Flow. A lot of collectible trading cards naturally sit over in that ecosystem because of some of the other benefits that are Flow, despite its centralized mechanics. Um, Yeah, if you are ever venturing into that realm feel free to DM me. I'd be more than happy to throw some ideas your way of, you know, stuff that you can 
add into that mix to make it have a presence and value at the same time uh, because there are cool mechanics you can always flop into anything that's a trading card style pack that has randomization. Like you could be flopping in, oh, and there's these cards that if you pull one of these cards, you get an exclu- exclusive board, for instance. So true. I think that's a lot of things. That's a lot that I want to steer into is, you know, doing physical, the digital. That's a huge part. Like for me, I'm not a painter and I wish I had that technique and the handcraft. Um, I just don't. And you could, you know, release an edition and one of those people get raffled in to get that physical copy. So I think in the future, it's going to be really cool to see um, skateboarding, you know, getting adapted and people doing that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, dude, you're on it. It's spot on. Like it's hard even just starting a project and doing a hundred myself. I didn't know where to really start. And um, I ended up, NARS got me out to NFT NYC and uh, it was basically NFTC put on by a mantis. I was sitting there in Chikai and guy NorCal were talking and they were saying like the market was starting to crash and they were like, who are they were saying like, who do we support right now? And they were saying auctions on foundation. They were keeping an eye out that were starting from zero. And I was like, damn, that's sick. Like you let the world decide the price. And it was the most risk thing, but it was the coolest way to go about because that's kind of, it's awesome, you know? Um, So that's kind of how I deployed Roll Forever. I was like, I'm going to let the world decide. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's different for everyone. So it's kind of cool to navigate. There's just so many different mechanics and stuff like that you can get into. But yeah, it's it's fun. This space is, there's too many different outlets. <laughs> well, my DMs are open for you. So if you're having questions on your 100-piece drop, feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to like give you the contact info for the dev team I used for it, et cetera. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. I'll definitely, I just started falling away. So I'll, I'll be catching up with you for sure. That would be awesome. Oh, man, so good. So good. Forrest, what do you have to say? I've been talking all this time because I am just so excited everyone's here. No, yeah, no. I just love seeing people connect and, you know, learning and seeing, uh, you know, ideas kind of get created and, and shared during these spaces. I think that's really what Squad Space has always been about. It's connecting and, and learning together, right? And, you know, I was looking at these videos and, you know, the role forever pieces are just amazing. There's something about gifts that loop perfectly that are just to die for right it's so incredible and you know i love how you clicked when you saw this person dude whatever being i don't know who just kind of flow seamlessly over the cake like you were saying and i'm looking at one of them that mackie pinned on top by ryan sheehan's line and like it's just incredible i'm wondering like do you have to ask them to like find a marker you know or like i was trying to see if you had put like any sort of tape down you know that they could see and you know just use that as a reference because it looks just so seamless you know how how did you kind of perfect it moving in moving on to the the next steps it's really so funny that you say that because like usually like half of them are smoking weed. They do the line once and then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Right. And I'm like, 
dude, can you do it twice <laughs> in a row? Like, shit. <laughs> I have to have that perfect crossfade. So, yeah, no, you're spot on. Like, it was really hard. Even Ryan, like, he, he always out, he's always out having a good time and drinking. And he's a brewmaster up in Lincoln, New Hampshire. So we were right right in his local uh, spot. But that pool was just, it's raw. Like, you listen to that slash grind, and there's noise to it. So I was like, dude, we got to film one here. And, uh, yeah, like I told him, like, please just follow the same path on this rolling. Cause it's like, I look at the, the bottom flat bottom of the bowl and the outside and the longest trajectory where you can get that crossfade. Hopefully they ride over that point because the bowl's quick. Like you do a trick and then you're back at the other side already. And to ride over that same exact spot is really hard. So I'm looking at those kind of things and trying to help each bowl. Every bowl is different. So it's a full puzzle to figure out but yeah that's that's really the hardest part is 40 percent won't ever line up so it kind of sucks in that fashion that like i have these beautiful you know awesome lines but when i put it on a computer and then it just doesn't match up and there's like a glitch so yeah i'm trying to figure out how to release these slowly but yeah it's it's definitely uh it's yeah it's hard to do (laughs) yeah you're almost halfway through already too right we're about to hit 50. We have eight videos left to auction off. And uh, we're definitely going to do... I, the thing is, I think I really wanted to get the project out there before Christmas. And I realized, like, going down to Miami, like, just take my time and just do it right. Um, because it's just oversaturation where it's like, I try to do, like, auction after auction. I can't even talk right now, but yeah. <laughs> auction after auction. It's a lot for social media, and it's just overload for every everyone you know um and it's just constant it's a lot of work so i'm gonna space them out maybe do like one to two a week and then uh i think for the 50th we're gonna have like a really hopefully a good gathering together and i'm gonna do a little um i don't know if i want to put the alpha out there but we're gonna do something for all the collectors and uh yeah i've been talking to foundation so it'll be cool to get that going we're only eight away and yeah i'm trying to figure out how to navigate the other 50 um, I got some cool ideas with physical painters within bowls and then doing like a digital section with people that make artwork in the digital world um, to do collabs, which will be really cool because I think there's just so many different kind of amazing creatives out there that can do something. Yeah, next level. Because um, some of these pools, you have like these other little sections. Um, I don't know if there, I think I posted up a photo a while ago, but uh, it was what's his name roman or top roman uh but roman's doing a a backside nose blunt but the bowl's like a question mark so the bottom of the question mark like the point you could fully have a whole nother canvas or something unique come out of it and i'm like damn that shit looks so cool like so i've been saving all these certain videos that have an extra pool in it where you could create something within so yeah it'll be fun i'm gonna definitely take my time because 50 videos comes quick um so yeah just yeah, I'm going to try to make something of the f- kind of a future, um, what I was saying with Transus or Transit Labs, where like we're, when I go back to Massachusetts for Christmas, we're going to shovel out a pool, but I'm going to shoot it so the pool has all this snow around, and then I'm going to shoot it where the footsteps are all around it. So you're going to have like this seasonal change of when you get the bowl it might be, you know, fully beautiful, all white around it. But when springtime comes, boom, you start to get these footsteps. So there's a lot of different, like, 
kind of unique things that I want to bring into the space, but it's going to take time. We're talking like months out and just building cool, I don't know, ideas. That's really the goal. <laughs> oh, Dave, thank you for sharing all this with us. Uh, we got a few more questions for you. If anybody wants to request, come on up. Feel free to chat with us. Uh, we usually run this back for about an hour, but I'm having fun. I got my dog sitting on my lap for the first time in like six months because, again, I'm in San Diego right now, not in Michigan like I normally am. I'm running on a Wi-Fi hotspot. I'm in that airplane runway pathway. It is a rugged space today, but that is okay. It is not rugging. Here comes the plane. <laughs> uh, so I do want to say that I'm thinking about going to Memorial Skate Park and seeing and seeing that bowl there because you know I've seen like three whole skating bowls in my like skateboard bowls in my entire life. Uh, and then should I? Is it going to look different than uh, than Dude. when you filmed it? That one is awesome. Like it's it's it looks really like the cool how they set it up. What was it? It looks like the Death Star. Like when I see that the uh, the roll forever <laughs> with it, I'm like, they're skating the Death Star. Like the Death Star is here in San Diego. That thing is gnarly. Like to get a slash grind on that, I think it's like got to be eleven foot. Um, yeah, it's pretty. That's one of the parks that we go and we cruise in the mornings. All the friends live down there, so that's the morning hot spot. But that park has lights too, which is really cool um i it instantly comes to my mind the friend he always says that when we go to the park like talking to people that are visiting like tony hawk went there and did a demo and thought it was just a breeze warming up and he tried to like just gap over the channel and he went straight down to he busted his face and like blood was just everywhere and like the good friends like picking him up and it's just like that bowl you think is easy but it's a deep dish like it's a hefty bowl deep dish <laughs> so, yeah. chicago style deep dish pizza bowl <laughs> tony hawk's blood is there oh man all right i'll go scrape some dust get some uh, <laughs> get the cloning tech ready so yeah, i do want to ask one. you i do want to ask you if you could choose any skater in any location for a roll forever piece who and where would it be Ooh. You know, um, alive was... or dead, go nuts, <laughs> dude. Tristan Renee, that that kid rips. He did a line, uh, backyard abandoned pool, inland in uh, California. It was next to um, Riverside, and we ended up skating the pool, cleaning it out, and he just ripped it. It was a line that he did first go, and I mean, he backbonded, he or in the deep end, backsmith over the love seat. Tristan Renee is like one of the best pool skaters I've ever witnessed. Um, and it was kind of my goal. Like I was down to the last five people to choose bowls from when they first got into the collection. And Scott Kane, my favorite street skater. I mean, we're talking just classic, you know, the first one to ever kick with the front nose on a handrail. He bought into the collection. Like Scott is a legend in skateboarding. And I was, okay, what bowl do you want? And he chose Tristan's. And I was like, oh, shit, that was the one I wanted. <laughs> uh, I was going to save one for the end for myself. And I was like, all right, I can't do that. Like, that's his. But um, I would definitely pick him. Like, witnessing all these guys skate, he's just, he's rad. Um, but there's this bowl in France. I don't know if it's the most eye-catching from a bird's eye view. It's uh, bizarre. It's bizarre in France. Uh, the pool is like built on a museum and it's on a second level. 
So it's kind of cool. You walk underneath the building and you can see the structure of the bowl hanging in the ceiling. And then you go up the top and it's all these little cobblestones around it. And it's really eye-catching from above. Um, I'll try to share a photo on Twitter later. But it's just, it's so unique looking because you have all this tile and like all this grass that's growing in these little uh, sections. But there's a giant quarter pipe. I think I posted probably like a month ago. John Gardner did like a boneless into it. It's like a 15 foot quarter pipe, all cobblestone, but uh, definitely a unique canvas. I'd probably get Tristan in there and that would be like the dream shot. But uh, I don't know. There's so many awesome skaters out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Oh, I feel like you're talking, you're speaking a different language and it's wonderful <laughs> because we're all in web three and that's its own language. And, uh, and yet you're speaking English and I'm just so, I'm captivated. I, I'm all about this. I am all about this. It makes me so, so, so geeked out. Yeah, it's fun skating with all these different people. But I mean, just bringing them on the space and trying to get like 50 MetaMask wallets set up. Like, it was <laughs> nuts. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I tried setting up one for a friend and that was nuts. Yeah, it, it goes a long way when you get that response. Like, yeah, it's OX. I'm like, all right. That's that's a good start. You know, if you got the OX, that means you're on the right path, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing because you're doing all this stuff with NFTs. You know, you're obviously filming a ton of skaters. What is also cool is that you also have a, a, a recycled woodworking skateboard company, right? And it's called Shape 3, I think. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how you got into woodworking as well? Because you seem to be doing a lot, and it's pretty amazing. Dude, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, for me, it's it's been like, a, what, six years doing it, and it's everything I want to be doing. Um, I'm going to put out this hypothetical thing in a second, but for what it is, building is my favorite thing to do. So 25% of this project is going back into building something of a skate obstacle. Um, but the hypothetical idea is to build a unique tiny home next to Manny. And if that was to happen, any person that buys in gets a free weekend to stay. And so does the skater that was involved. That's the hypothetical goal. <laughs> um, so going back to the recycling skateboards, I've been collecting boards that I've been filming and for me, it's a way to basically, these boards are all getting put in landfills. It's just uh, one less footprint uh, within the world. But these stories that go along with the boards and they're recyclable, being hard maple and making something unique out of them is, I think, the raddest thing. You can make all kinds of different kind of things. Um, I got introduced my good friend Zeno. He shoots photos. Great photographer from uh, Pittsburgh and Boston. He lives in Pittsburgh now. But he ended up giving a Christmas gift where it was a frame of the recycled skateboards. And I think that's like the one thing about New England is people harvest their craft and they make the raddest stuff. Like they're the best woodworkers up there or the best musicians. And uh, on that downtime, that's when, you know, you're making stuff. So I kind of followed the ways where I got back to California and I was sitting there and I was like, oh, what could I make, you know, and. I ended up having all these old broken boards around me. So I just started cutting up bottom pieces and made like, he kind of used the side plies because there's seven plies and the board gives you these veneers of all these different colors. And that's what he used as the frame. But I used the bottom graphic. 
So I just made like these little cuts that were, you know, two inches thick and made four by four little frames and put my photos in it of the friends from that year, kind of followed his ways. And uh, a friend in skateboarding caught wind and it was an art gallery in LA and it was for skate stand. And I remember like going in there and I was like, I'm so out of my own. This is awesome. Like I was so grateful to be included. And uh, Chad Muska, all these awesome people had pieces they're going for like, you know, 15,000, 10,000. I'm like, yeah, I'll put them up for 25. <laughs> and all mine sold out. I was like, holy shit, I can raise money for back home. Like having the opportunity to build something new at these parks, like a lot of people don't know, but back in Lowell, Massachusetts, we had the highway barrier company just learn that they could make prefabricated parks. So they would make these molds drop them in all these different towns and then just put asphalt to the bottom so you have these concrete blocks and asphalt you know transitions at the bottom and they would crack every year and you know i would be back there repairing them and basically putting bondo grinding them down with a metal edge grinder and fixing them so i was like okay i started making rings and uh just making photo frames because i was traveling shooting all black and white film is like my favorite thing to do on the side with these trips so yeah i ended up just recycling all my broken boards and it turned into making like camping skewers to canoe paddles. I mean, furniture. And, um, that's really what I want to be doing is when we talk physical digital, that's going to be my real key thing. And during the pandemic, I lost my little backyard wood shop. I thought I could get away with it. Um, I just moved to Oceanside about a year ago and I was like, Oh, I got a garage. And it's like right at the like neighbor, it's a duplex. And it's right at the neighbor's, like, you know, bedroom. Like, oh, I can't be running a saw. And, like, it's the, the planer, all that noise. Like, uh, when I get into it, I love building and I want to make cool, like, unique shit. So definitely going to be intertwining, recycled, you know, these broken boards into these pieces in the future. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm already collecting. But it was cool. Right before I left for Miami, I hit up Dandra Holwell. He's an old school skater. He had a part in, um, what was it, Feed the Need? Uh, I don't know. It was one of the Transworld videos, Dandra Hobel. Look it up. But he's just, he's classic New England, and he rips, and he's a he has a beautiful wood shop, and he lives inland um, in Escondido in California. And I never got to really, I asked him to be part of the project. He was like, oh, I don't skate like that. And he was, like, curious about it, but it never intertwined, and I ended up hitting him up, and I was like, hey, want to buy one of your cutting boards but i have all this ethereum can i transfer you you know eth and i can get one of these cutting boards i want to include it for one of the videos so he ended up setting up an account and he was so hyped to catch up and we just wrapped out about woodworking and all that kind of stuff but i'm going to be providing you know uh with skaters that are doing stuff within the space physical pieces to these videos since i can't be building and i think it's just reinvesting into the people that I think are doing awesome things and trying to help get their things out as well. You know, um, that, yeah, that's how you got to build it, you know? So um, it's very minimal to what I'm doing, um, in a physical fashion, but yeah, trying to bring all the digital, um, or the physical to the digital over time. It's the right ethos though, uh, building up others. So you, it, it all feeds back right into yourself into them and if you keep passing it back and forth you're just building each other up the whole time and it almost doesn't feel like it takes any effort when it's like that 
No, it was so cool because he's making these old school skateboards and it's a Gons it's a Gons board from back in the day, but he's making them out of um cedar and uh hard maple and black walnut wood and it's the raddest looking shape cutting board and I'm like, "Oh man, I got to come over like is it cool?" And he just has all these stacks and he just, you know, late at night just woodworking away and making cool stuff. So it's cool to have him intertwined now that he has a wallet set up in this digital thing. Like it's, it makes me psyched to see skaters getting onboarded into the space because the, like just having technology where it's on chain and having, I mean, it's, it's going to be the future of everything. And it's really cool to, from the start help onboard these kind of guys because I hit up like the local county to find out when the bowl was built and who built it and it's like going through a rabbit hole to like the parks and rec to the construction crew and the files but anything before the 2000s is just insane so yeah it's kind of cool this new digital like opportunity to yeah facilitate something awesome and yeah get everyone involved yeah, if you haven't dug up the history of the home you're living in at your local library, I highly suggest doing it. It is it's weird going through microfilms and, you know, records from like 1910 and the archives, especially if you're in a big city. Oh my god, it's uh it's weird, but it is very interesting. And I wanted to shout out uh Devine. Uh, you've been on stage for a little bit of a while. Uh looks like you're from Narsdow. If you have any questions for Dave or want to talk about Narsdow, Feel free to unmute. Otherwise, uh, we've got one final question for you, Dave. And it's our, it's our favorite question. We stopped asking it last week, I think, and it just felt wrong. And we want to know what your favorite breakfast food is. Oh, shit. <laughs> no breakfast. Food. It's okay. You're allowed to do that. That's what Forrest does. Two cups of coffee. Um, no. uh, you know, I kind of get... I get I go and buy bulk oats and then I end up doing like hemp seeds, pecans, the walnuts, chia seeds with some agave with some oat milk and blueberries. That's how I start my day. Mm, I got to have a little have bit acai bowl today. I oh, you're eating good. It. Yeah, it was That's uh, great eats. It was in my ex-girlfriend's <laughs> freezer. I thought it uh I thought it this morning <laughs> so I could have it for lunch. <laughs> That's good stuff for sure. This is my acai right now. Thank you very much. No, that's a that's a legend's breakfast. That's why you're still skating to this day. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on. If uh, you haven't already checked him out, give him a follow. Give him some love. Davin, you look like you've unmuted yourself. You want to give us a little shout out, a little hi, and then we're going to roll yeah, on definitely. over. Definitely, man. Thanks for having us. Squad space. I mean, I think the whole Nas team is almost here. I mean, Tom is in the Tom is in the audience. Ashanti was on earlier, and Dave. Uh, we're so we're so we're so happy, man. So happy for the for the welcome. And um, yeah, man, it's it's nice to connect. The question I had for Dave, actually, you asked it first, and he answered it because I was always I I'd always seen the the videos, and I'm like, where is the cut? <laughs> and then Ashanti was asking me the other day, he's like. Where is the cut? And finally, he has, he has uh, at least uh, opened up the magic behind the box. And uh, so thank you for that, Dave. And I can't wait to catch up with you soon. But thank you so much for this squad space. Um, I mean, every week, let's make it happen. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming in. If you haven't already, check us out on Spotify. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, all the listeners in here.
little shout out, little love. I hope you have a wonderful evening, morning, or just uh, just being, you know, just wonderful life, you know, just keep on keeping on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was awesome. And thanks, everyone, for coming out. It's great to see uh, familiar faces and new faces. Everyone have a great day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Episode 7 of Building Blocks, formerly known as Squat Space. If you liked what you heard, don't hesitate to keep the discussion going on Twitter with any of the people who spoke during the show. And remember, you can join us live on Tuesdays in our Twitter spaces. Maybe you'll find yourself on the podcast one day. So please, tune in next time so we can continue building ourselves one block at a time. <laughs>